go. Despite what you do, who you are, just stay true when you grind and go hard. I'm a real go getter, put Columbia on the map. If you think I'm playing, yeah, you think I'm playing. Cause I'ma go hard and I'ma do it for my street. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Tribe 44 podcast. For all the shows, intents, and purposes, my name is Will Rich, and I am your host. I am joined tonight by Clay Turner, our fearless leader. How are you doing, Clay? I'm doing good, Will. Uh, it's, of course, snowing crazy outside right now, so I'm at home and probably looking like I better get comfortable because probably going to be where I am for a while. And Clay, how are things in town? I know out here in the county they're not looking too good. Uh, in town... Just say you turn on the lights and everything is white. So okay, so we, it, yeah. it's just a lot of snow everywhere. So the good thing for us, Clay, is that nobody's got anything better to do right now. Or there's nobody out and and getting out in the snow, so they just might as well listen to Tribe Forty Four on their on their afternoons at home. Yeah, like, uh, like I said, there's nothing to do, so might as well. You know, this is a good podcast time. Good podcast weather. Yep. Well, Clay, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that Tribe 44 podcast is brought to you by United Citizens Bank of Southern Kentucky. Go see all of your former Indians, Clay Turner, Nick Fudge, Ty Bennett, and Matt Loy for all of your banking needs. United Citizens Bank, they say we do it all right here. Clay, we've got, for the first time in Tribe 44 history, which is a short history, I'll say, but we have a pair of guests joining us tonight aren't you excited about that i am and uh this pair is uh two young men who you know we talked to nick last week talked about winning region and these two young men are were seniors on the on the first region championship team so really looking forward to talking to them yes and nick was uh gave glowing reviews of these guys talked about them as leaders on that 017 and these guys are going to give us a little taste of, of being leaders on that team, being able to to take a team that hadn't had that level of success in a long time and being the leaders that kind of put them over the hump. Uh, today, these guys aren't doing anything basketball related. We've got one who uh, gets to work with my dad every day, Clay. Oh, Chris Chris Lewis tonight. He, he is over Jeffrey's Hardware working with Brian on a day-to-day basis. Chris, how are you? Doing good. How are you all? Uh, we're doing great. And our other guest tonight is is our first out-of-state guest. We've had Stacia Hill, and she's from a different state, but she was in Columbia when we had her on the show. And uh, our first out-of-state guest is none other than Mr. Joseph Willis, who comes to us from Omaha, Nebraska. Now, Joseph uh, is, in, is an intelligence officer in the Navy, and he's coming to us from Omaha, Nebraska at the United States strategic command joseph how are you i'm good gents how are you guys doing we're doing doing great doing doing wonderfully guys we we appreciate having you on and you know our our producer seth dunbar who's joining us kind of behind the scenes tonight i'm i'm giving him the first question he's not going to talk because he doesn't like to talk but the very first (laughs) thing off the bat that we want to get you all talking about and kind of rolling the ball with is the fact that both of you were three sport athletes and successful in all three of the sports that you played. So touch on that for just a minute because Clay was a three sport athlete at, at one time. So we've got actually three, three sport athletes in on one conversation here and you don't even have two sport athletes anymore. 
Uh, and to have three three sport athletes in the same conversation, I'm going to duck out because I was I was on one team. I wouldn't even call myself one athlete. So I'm going to duck out and let you all talk about being some three sporters for a minute. Well, growing up, uh, always wanted to play basketball because you know you live in Dare County. You always want to play basketball and baseball. That was back. That was big back then. Still is now. But uh, I started to pick up golf when I was younger. And of course, I played. I swung the. I swung baseball left-handed. I hit left-handed. And my dad said, "If you want to play golf, you got to play right-handed." So I learned how to play right-handed, and it was worked out well for me. And the, the way the seasons fell, it worked out good too. Because as soon as school started, that's when golf started. As soon as golf was over, went into basketball. As soon as basketball was over, baseball started. And then you had summer ball and summer golf. And it just kind of fell really good for me. I think if I had to do it over again, though, guys, I might have wanted to play football. That's right. Um, but but it fell at the same it fell it fell the same time as golf. And I tried to do it there for about a week, but I couldn't make it work. You had that football body, so like I could have seen you as a tight end or a you know a linebacker or something. So I could have definitely seen that. Yeah, I'd love to hit play. I I, uh, I couldn't throw it. I couldn't throw it a lick. But man, my senior year, it'd been nice to have him run across the middle. <laughs> yes, he would have. And I, I I remember you uh, playing quarterback your senior year, and you know you had a really successful year. Y'all ran the triple option, right? We sure did. Yep. And uh, you know you could really run it, and that was a good. T- was Jeremy Helm your number one receiver that year? Probably. Yeah, he was. He was out to the right usually, and Austin Brashear on the left, and then. You know, we had some great tailbacks. Jonathan Williams was a fullback, and then Oba Thompson, I believe, was uh, was the tailback. So, you know, when we got to play teams that were a similar size as the Dare County, you know, not the Bowling Greens of the world and some of those teams that we had to play in that 3A division, it was just impossible to compete. But, yeah, we had a, we had a decent little team. Y'all won five games that year in football? Was that right? I think so. I think it was, it was something like that. It's either like five and five and five or four and six or something like that. I, I can't remember. If I remember correctly, I was I we beat Metcalf at home, and Metcalf was actually ranked pretty high in their class, if I'm not mistaken. And that was that's a, right. That was a really good. I'm not sure why I remember it, but I remember that game. I I honestly think you threw a touchdown pass to Jeremy with about a minute and a half to go or so to win it. And that was early on in the season too, before we really got into that the tough part of that schedule. Uh, with you know Franklin Simpson and Bowling Green and some of those really good teams, but yeah, that that game was a great game. I remember uh, Lou, and you probably remember this one. Uh, the Hart County game away was a great game that year. Uh, we played really well that game. I remember, I, of course, I went to every football game, watched Willis play, but that that Hart County game stood out the most. I remember he ran the option and uh, faked it to Jonathan, I think it was, and then he had Oba out to the right and he kept it. And just truck this kid. I mean, I don't even know if he's still living, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, uh, Joseph, now you're talking about playing football, and you were successful. Both of you were successful baseball players and basketball players, but then Chris with golf and Joseph with football. Chris talked about growing up playing golf. Did did you grow up playing much football, or was that something somebody somebody looked at you and said, I think you need to come out and play for us? Yeah, no, actually, I didn't play, if you guys remember, I didn't play football, or I didn't play three sports, actually, until my senior year. I was just a basketball, baseball guy, but I always, you know, played baseball over the summer, because uh, that was kind of my, you know, my primary growing up, but, you know, going back to, to what Lou said, more so than anything, 
we just wanted to compete. We just loved it. You know, that's, uh, that, that's something that we always did together growing up when Lou lived down on like Lowe's Lane there. We, I mean, anything that we could play and compete or, you know, play each other one-on-one or get, you know, get a bunch of people together, you know, and as we kind of, you know, grew up, you know, together there, it was interesting. You know, we, we'd always, when we were younger, kind of eighth grade, freshman, sophomores, we'd go over to, you know, to Blake Martin's house, uh, you know, with those upperclassmen, and, and we would play all night. I mean, we'd play. I mean, those games were some of the most fun, you know, fun games that, that we ever played. We we still talk about that, some of those summer games. And, uh, you know, down back behind uh, David and Kathy Martin's there, it was, uh, you know, those were those were the good old days. And if we could go back and do it again, we'd, uh, you know, we'd snap your hand off if you'd let us. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun. And, and how much, you know, you two talking about growing up together and competing – uh, together how much of a reward is that to to look back now it's been several years gosh I don't even want to do the math and see how many 14 years ago now since that state tournament run and how rewarding is it to look back all those years you know those pickup games and in, in David and Kathy's backyard and how rewarding is it to look back and say you know what this was this, we we were the leaders on one of the most successful basketball teams that the school's ever seen you know, uh, I know Willis is going to talk a lot about this, uh, but I'm just going to chime in here real quick. It, uh, it is rewarding at the time. You don't really think about that. Uh, you're just out there trying to win and compete for your school name on your jersey. Uh, but looking back on it now, yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph, you got anything to add to that? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's something that, you know, Lou and I always, you know, we talk about we reminisce whenever I get to come home and, you know, take some leave and be together and kind of talk about that year and kind of, you know, the build up to that year and kind of how that all developed, you know, because it just didn't happen overnight. You know, it it definitely started back. I mean, heck, we could go all the way back to, you know, Lou and I's freshman, sophomore years and getting to play, you know, beside, you know, Blake and some of those other guys, Brian Bailey, Adam Coomer, you know, those cats that, that truly taught us how to be leaders. You know, we just didn't step into that team in 06 and then 07. It's like, you know, this is, this is our team. You know, it was definitely an evolution. And by 2006, you know, we, we knew that we were, we were getting close and, and we, we got so close, you know, we were the number one seed in the district tournament. I will probably talk about this later, but you know, it, it was uh, definitely an, an evolution. And we, we, we had the right guys, you know, kind of in our life at, you know, at the right time to show us, you know, what it meant to be a leader on a team. First one to show up, last one to leave. You work the hardest in practice. You work the hardest in the weight room. You set the standard everywhere. You know, everything that you do, uh, you, you don't take a playoff. And, and you know, that, that just really resonated with us. And, and you know, and it, and it didn't always, you know, go great. I mean, we'll talk about this later as well. But that 2017, the way we started, we were abysmal. We were terrible. And we talk about – Lou and I joke about that all the time. I mean, we started out, I think we were four and six or four and seven, and we were just looking at each other like, what is going on here? We are way better than this. Um, you know, but we, we we had gotten away from what made us so successful. And, you know, we weren't – we were taking advantage of practice. We weren't listening to our coaches. We weren't going, you know, as hard as we should have went. Um, but we, we righted the ship. We, we fixed it. We corrected ourselves. Um, and, you know, it was uh, – it was an awesome, awesome experience looking back on it. You know, there's just not many teams in the, the school's history, you know, in the Dare County history that have, 
you know, got to do what we did and actually go to Rupp Arena and win a game there. That was uh, it was pretty special. And take us back. I want to go back to that 2006 season. And Clay, I'm going to give you a chance to kind of harp, uh, chime in here in just a second. Uh, but I wanted to go back to that 2006 season. But I actually want to go back before that. You started mentioning some of the guys that uh, you played with early in your high school careers as, as underclassmen. And what kind of an impact uh, did did the Blake Martins of the world and the uh, James Flats and and those guys that you talked about, Adam Coomer? What what kind of an impact did they have? Because Adair County had been a place of really good players, but not great teams. So what did you kind of take from those great those really good players that we had and kind of use that in order to build what became a really good team? Well, I, I can remember back when I was a freshman, and I don't think I started half the year, and then I think I ended up starting the rest of the way. But anyway, um, Blake Martin used to pick me up from from my house and take me to practice, take me to games and all that. And I, you can ask Willis. From the time we was in high school to the time he graduated, he was always the first one in the gym and the last one to leave. And I was like, and he was always our best player. I'm like, why is our best player always the first one here and the last one to leave? Like, that don't make no sense. So I asked Blake one time, and he said, because there's always somebody out there practicing if you're not practicing. And that just that kind of yeah. stuck with me, you know? I mean, if, yeah. if you're not practicing, somebody's out there getting better. So that was kind of a, a turning point for, for me. I know that. Yeah, definitely. And, and Luke, same, same for me. I mean, look, the bottom line for – for for me and for us is that you know they they set the example you know that they, they led by example i mean it's easy to look back at you know and, and kind of the, the the impact and the effect that blake had on on lou and i because he, he worked his daggum tail off y'all i mean it, it, he worked just as hard in the weight room or you know it, it, every other part of his game as he did when we were at practice or before practice or after practice or you know in those summer pickup games that we played i mean it just kind of you know, set the set the standard for for Lou and I. It's like, you know, this is this is how you this is how you lead a team, and you know, a, a lot of seventeen, eighteen year old guys that they, they never, you know, they don't they don't have that. They don't have those intangibles. And and look, it, it benefited it benefited me uh, a little bit that I, you know, I'm, I'm the mouth of the South. I guess uh, I had a big mouth and I wasn't afraid to talk. But look, for Lou and I, that only goes so far. You have to you have to every possession every practice every game you have to give it everything that you got because you know as soon as you open your mouth and you want to criticize or critique one of your teammates they're going to turn around you know snap back at you and be like well you just weren't going wide open on that last play who are you to tell me that i'm not going hard you know so that's what you had that's what we had to do that was the example that we had to set because uh, we knew we knew what it take we knew what it was going to take you know to get over that hump of uh, winning the district tournament game and getting to the regional tournament and uh, you know having some success. Now, Chris, I think, and if I'm wrong on this, Seth can edit this out, but I think I've heard the story with uh, Coach Bobby Cook. Uh, you ended up being a pretty a very successful, a very good forward for a high school for a high school team that was very successful. But Chris, I've heard the story that. Uh, Going into high school, you thought you were a guard, and Coach Coach Cook kind of saw things differently for you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. My eighth grade year, I was the two guard. Uh, I, I was I was that player that when uh, the opposing team the shot went up, I ran to the other three point line. I didn't rebound or anything <laughs> in middle school. Uh, 
Uh, and then uh, Look, I took a I, I took a pretty big growth spurt for my eighth grade year to my freshman year. I I don't really know how much I grew. I mean, I, I probably five six inches, I guess. And uh, <laughs> never played it close. And you're right; it, it was in between. I think I think Cook left. I don't know if he he I, Willis. You have to correct me on this, but he was there that summer between our eighth grade and freshman year, correct? And then he left. That's exactly right. Yeah. So he he left, and then Mark came in and started with us our freshman year. So so during that summertime, he he did put me on the post, and that was a learning experience. Let me tell you, what uh, was not used to being down there, and getting rough stuff or anything like that, but uh, I fell in love with it. All right, Clay, I'm going to get out of your way and let you talk some basketball with these guys because I I I'm just going to be honest with y'all. I just want to sit back and listen to these two talk about stories all day long. Uh, we got some good ones. We probably can't share on there. <laughs> uh, I didn't even realize that Mark was y'all's, you know, first year there was that. So what was it like, you know, Mark's first year was y'all's freshman year. And by the fourth year, you know, the four years, y'all make state. How was the transition from that freshman year, someone, something new to ended up, you know, winning and doing what your, your, my whole goal was. So, you know, looking back on it, you know, I don't think that, like, I was always growing up to, you know, it didn't matter who your coach was, you just go out there and do what they say and you play hard. Um, I guess, play, looking back on it, I didn't even realize that was Fudge's first year either. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, uh, listen, Fudge Fudge is a really good basketball coach. Uh, I know, um, you know, some people didn't like his style of play, but, you know, he won 20 games, seemed like, every year, always competitive. Um, he was a really good coach, and what people don't understand is the practices. Um, after we started out five and seven after that Christmas tournament, our practices, somebody was always – we had to stop practice. Somebody was bleeding, chipped two, broken ankles. I mean, it was physical. It was physical. And uh, I think it, it actually showed, you know, in game time. Yeah, I agree. Well, I agree. It, it, you know, Clay, it, it was uh, – I mean, we didn't know any different, if you think about it that way. You know, Lou and I were just coming up out of eighth grade. We didn't play high school ball uh, in, in eighth grade. We might have played a little freshman ball with uh, with Coach Bell. But, uh, you know, we didn't just – we didn't play much with Coach Cook, and we had always watched him because he had some of those great teams with, with uh, Kevin Bridgewaters, and, you know, and crew. But, um, you know, that's, that's kind of who we – who we grew up with, you know, him and Coach Scott and Coach Bell and then Coach Irvin and, and Coach Wentworth came along. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's just, uh, you know, that they were they were right there with us in the trenches. And uh, I don't know if – I don't know if, if Coach Fudge had coached any high school basketball previously. But, it, like Lou said, he'd always been – he'd always been around, you know. Yeah. And, uh, he'd been an assistant a couple, but I don't think he'd ever been a head coach. He, okay, there you go. So, but, yeah, I mean, look – and to kind of echo some of Lou's comments, look, you know, Mark's had his critics in Columbia, that's for sure, uh, just based on the style of play. But, look, we were, as y'all know, y'all watched, we were some of the most fundamentally sound basketball teams that's ever come through Adair County, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And you talking about, uh, you know, coaching some defense, uh, you know, he could do it with the best of them. And, uh, and you know, we that's something that we all just kind of, like Lou said, 
you know, we, we just, we bought into that, but also too, it was like the, to me, it was the perfect marriage. You know, we weren't very deep, uh, in 2006 or 2007, we didn't play many people, you know, five, six, seven at at the most. And y'all, we, we couldn't run up and down for 32 minutes. I mean, I I was expending every bit of energy I had to try to guard the other team's best players. Uh, so I was sucking wind on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, for us to, to kind of slow it down and keep it at a reasonable pace, uh, you know, we still beaten teams by 10 or 15 points. So, uh, you know, I think that goes, uh, it goes to show just, uh, you know, how good we were, fundamentally sound we were, especially on the, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. So, so guys, uh, go ahead, Clay. Go ahead, Clay. Mark, I'm sure you probably know this, but Mark always told a lot of his players a story about you. Uh, when you got hurt, you hurt your ankle. And, you know, Mark, who knows how big your ankle was? Of course, you knew. Pete talks about how massive huge it was but yet you still guarded council's best player one game and you shut him down do you remember That's that exactly game right. talking about oh oh yes definitely so in 2006 Lou, Lou, uh it's a great story but in 2006 yeah. we were uh second to last game no our last game of the season we were away at Hart county and i i got caught up in a, in a screen i was guarding thad highball um i can't believe i remember his name but anyway i, I went over the top of the screen and I think Lou was the one that hedged, and I and I just I, I caught Thad's foot, and my it was my right ankle, and I sprained it. It was as big as a basketball, y'all. I mean, it was, it was uh, it, it sprained it was sprained pretty bad. But uh, you know, we had a little bit of time off, and I and I came back, and I mean, we were just I, mean, I was just dead set that there was nothing there was nothing going to keep me out of that game because that was obviously the biggest game that that Lou and I and, and obviously the team had, had you know had ever played in or was ever going to play in up to that point in our career. And we were the number one seed. We had beat Campbellsville twice that year in 2006. And, you know, we were, we were the better team. We knew we were the better team. And I, I just – I had it – like, I, I had always gotten the best of Josh Parrott. He was Campbellsville's best player. And I would usually done a pretty good job in, in, in shutting him down. And uh, I did. We got it – we got it recovered just in time. I taped that sucker up uh, to look like a softball inside my shoe. But uh, if I remember correctly, Lou, I think I held him to two points – uh, but it wasn't enough on the night. We still just – we couldn't get over the hump yet in 2006. Yeah, I, yeah. I was going to bring that up about, you know, we're going to be talking about a lot of highs, but if you don't care, talk about that 2006 team was a really good team. And very good short, team. Uh, I, I remember being at that game. We lost by, I think, maybe 43-44 or something like that. I think we were up about eight going to the fourth quarter, if I remember correctly. And it was one of them games which just, you know, at the end it didn't go our way. But how that game right there may have led into what actually happened the next year. Clay, you are forgetting, though, this was a Mark Fudge coach team. The final score of that one was 35-36. It was 35-36. I was giving too much credit on the points. I was. <laughs> Is that really what the final score was, 35-36? 35-36, yeah. And I, if I'm not mistaken, oh. I almost think it was like 32 to 24 going to the fourth. I could be wrong though, but uh, that's probably that's probably true. Uh, I, I will say this: um, I know that uh, I did not play well that game. Um, that of course you you play 30 games a year, and it all comes down to one game. That's what we finally realized, uh, guys, is that it don't matter. You you could be Kentucky, be what 36 and 0, and not even win the national title or whatever they were. Um, but we, we just finally realized that it comes down to the first game of district. And that was kind of, you know, a burden on our shoulder that we had to get off. Uh, so 
So we knew that we needed to get better every game. Didn't matter whether we win or lose. We wanted to win, of course. We hate lose. But uh, it all just came down to that one game. And I will tell you this, that in that council game, if you've got them stats pulled up, I think Darren Blue broke out that game and had 20. He probably had over half our points. I think that's the game also. Like, you know, I don't know who led y'all in scoring that year. I almost think James Flat may have been y'all's leading scorer that year. And I think I don't, so, yeah. And I don't think yeah. James scored a point that night. No, no, definitely, uh, Clay, yeah. It, he had a, you know – it just wasn't his night, like Lou yeah. said. And we had a lot a really of people. Good that, oh, James was. I mean, he carried us that year. I mean, I mean, gosh, you know, y'all look back on that year. Like we were twenty and six going into that game. You know, we had won a Christmas tournament in Edmondson County. We had played really good basketball all year long, and we were peaking at the right time. You know, played really good over at Hart County. Get you know the game leading into the district tournament, and it just didn't. It just the ball wouldn't go in the hole for us that night. You know, James had an off night. Lou, you know. Didn't score as much as he normally did, uh, and it just uh, you know. And they had, um, I want to say that Rich, that's uh, the younger Rich brother, hit a couple threes in the fourth quarter, and it just we just could not, we just could not get over the hump. But like like Lou said, I mean, you're talking about fueling the fire for the next year because we just we never got over that, and it yeah. just uh, it just got it just was uh you know it got at us all year. What kind of flipped the switch for y'all that season? And I, Chris, you can. You can go ahead and finish your thought, and then that'll be my question after your after your thought there, Chris. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, how Willis said he shut down their uh, best defender, Josh Parrott, after he twisted his ankle. Uh, I really wish he'd have twisted his ankle uh, before we'd have played Scott Kane in the state tournament so he could have shut Matt Walls now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The way that kid was shooting, I'm not sure if you could have done much. No. <laughs> so what was it? I- Six season that did, and we'll talk about the the state tournament run probably in the second segment of this two part series. But uh, what flipped the switch in that 06 season? Because you talked about that first year, your freshman year, guys. Did you realize you were a nine win team, at nine and seventeen that freshman year, and then and that followed- was, go ahead, Jacob senior year. Is that correct? Yeah, I think that's so. Correct. Yeah, because yeah, uh, that's. We, I think the district game was actually really close. We lost by like five, because I, I, I remember. Right, like, that's when we lost to Taylor County. They had like gum and they uh, had Graham. gum and Graham, and then the the Burris kid, right, the big kid. Burris, Burris, yeah, yeah, yeah lost by five in the district that year, fifty four forty nine. That was a really good team. They could probably beat the Kentucky team right now. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> oh, they're they're big. They were big. I remember that. And then the next but, year, but, you were better. Had a fifteen and twelve year, but then that 06 year, it just blew up for you guys. So what what was the difference maker that year? Well, you know, I think a lot of it, Clay and Will, was that you know everybody everybody was a year older. Uh, you know, a, you know, we had another year to mature. We had that young, you know, and a lot of it too was you know the fact that Nick and Darren and Corey. And Kalen had another year to grow and mature, and they were truly coming into their own. Uh, you know, they played a lot. Of, they played a lot as eighth graders, uh, and then obviously a lot. You know, a lot as freshmen. And, and James Flat really had a a really really good year. Uh, best best I remember. I mean, he was definitely you know most always one of the best players uh, on the court. And you know, a lot of it too. You know, you have to you know 
tell it like it is. I mean, the, the district and the region was down a little bit. Uh, that was still it was stronger, but like when we were freshmen, sophomores, and the region was absolutely stacked. I mean, those camp that freshman year of of Low and I's, the the district was so strong. That Taylor County team and that Camelville team, they were really they had good. Some teams. Teams. Yeah, they really they had some really good teams, and so you know it was just kind of the perfect storm for us. Not saying that we weren't a good basketball team, we we certainly were, but you know it just it just doesn't happen overnight. Uh, you know, it's, it, as we've seen in the past and sometimes with the, some of the best teams in Adair County's history, uh, you know, the, the, the Melton and Kel Stott's team and the Liza brothers. So sometimes it, it doesn't even happen for the best of them. So, you know, it was just, uh, it, like, like I said, I think a, a perfect combination of uh, a bunch of different factors, but it was, uh, yeah, certainly a, a great year. People, uh, see like Kalen, for example, and, you know, see how good he was, you know, his junior and senior year. But Kalen was one that kind of – he took a little bit longer than some kids because – and he needed those extra years, you know. Because, uh, you know, by the time he's junior and senior, Kalen's an outstanding player. And then, you like I said, you had like Corey Ham who was getting minutes. These guys were getting more minutes, getting more mature. And then, like you guys said, James Flat. I remember watching James growing up, and I don't think a lot of people realized how good James was. He, oh, I he, idolized James Flat. He could oh get twenty. God, he, he could get so twenty easy. Like, he's the most underrated Adair County basketball player, probably ever. Like, and when I say strong, there's not even a you know. I don't know what the guy lifted, but a lot. Know, <laughs> he was so physical, and he was kind of a stretch four before there was even a stretch four. Like he could shoot the three, he could drive, he could post up. He oh, could do so he, many things. He and Blake Martin together were so offensively gifted. I just remember watching those guys, and I just thought they were it. I mean, I could, I would have chosen as a kid to go watch them over any anybody else. I would, I just loved watching them, and I just, I'm kind of jealous that you all got to play with them, which I didn't get to play with anybody because I quit playing. I just went to Shepherd, you know. I, <laughs> I didn't get to do all that. <laughs> but uh, I guess I, I, since we're talking about old guys, old old players. Uh, a little bit, guys. I want you to both take a take a shot at this. Who's the best player uh, that you ever played with? Played with? Yes, played with. Gosh, are oh. we talking? Are we talking stat wise, or just who we think's the best player? Just who who you think. think's the best? Yeah. Well, I guess, y'all, I'll, Lou, I'll give you a few more seconds to think about this, but, you know, looking back at the entirety of Kalen Kimberlin's career at Lindsey, y'all, I mean, he, he turned into truly a phenomenal basketball player, and he was so much fun to watch. I know Nick Nick and Darren both had incredibly successful careers as well, both at Transy, and then, you know, Darren back came back to Lindsey after he went to Moorhead, and, and, and Darren was an absolute animal. When his body filled out at Lindsey, his junior and senior year, he was an absolute nightmare, a true stretch four at the NAI level that they couldn't guard him. But y'all, Kalen was just—he was on another planet. I mean, he's so gifted. Um, His quickness. So I would say I, he would—he would probably be. I guess that's my—I guess that's my choice. Okay. Chris, are you got? Um, gosh, tough one. Uh, I would probably have to say. It's close, but as far as me being a post player and basically playing against him every day in practice, I'd have to probably say Darren. 
you don't see many uh, six foot seven yeah. guys with that much skill, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. Probably would be a handful. So who who yeah. was the best player you played against then? Oh, hands down, I think Willis can vouch. Or probably Stephon Pettigrew from Etown. From Etown, yeah, one Mister Basketball, right? Correct. He played at uh, yeah, Western, right? He did. Yeah, yeah played correct. at Western. They won region you know, his that senior year, I think, or maybe his junior year. They, I think it was his junior year, um, and you know, we, who knows? Lou and I might be. I'm trying to rack my brain because we, we played against a lot of good players, uh, you know, coming through. But uh, gosh, y'all, he was he was so good. Uh, that Etown team, he was he was, he was really yeah, he was really good. And, and man, he was a, he was an absolute stud his uh, his senior year because we actually. Uh, we got we got lucky enough to actually play them twice. I don't know if y'all looked that up. In 2007, we we opened the season over at Etown, got beat, and then we face we got to face them again at the at the uh, Marion County Christmas tournament, I believe. And then I think we beat them by double digits that game. But he still had like 40. <laughs> I was gonna say his senior year it was really basically like they had some other pretty decent guys, but it was basically him, right? Like he was the team. Correct. Yeah, he was the team. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember listening to the, those on the radio, and he he was a stud. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was the only person that I tried talking trash to because I had to guard him when he scored 40, 40 on me. That <laughs> uh, he would never talk back. He just never said anything, and that <laughs> I think that got to me more than anything. Yeah. Okay. Before we uh, kind of pause and shift gears a little bit, uh, we're gonna have to put a put a stop to this week's conversation. We're going to talk about your state tournament run and that 2006-2007 season in the next uh, in the next episode. So that gives people something to look forward to. But in this week's discussion, I think both of you had a lot of fun uh, going up against our rival, uh, Taylor County. So I want you to go into that. Keep it as PG-13 as you can. Go into that. Have some conversation. Tell some stories about that rival a little bit. Willis, you want me to start? Go for it, big dog. I'll chime in. Okay, well, um, we basically hated them. Um, I guess that's as PG-13 as I can get it. Uh, <laughs> didn't like them. Loved playing them, though. It was, it, it, listen, it, it didn't matter whether one team was Kentucky and the other team was a Dare County Little League team. It was always going to be a close game no matter what. Always. Uh, yeah, didn't like anybody on the team. Didn't even really know them. Just didn't like them because they wore the Taylor County jersey. That's all it boiled down to. Um, of course, Will, you know the story about after they beat us at home, one of their players coming in and shaking my hand after they beat us on our home floor. Yeah, Chris, um, I want you to know that is that was until uh, this week. Until this week, that was the most – uh, traffic we've gotten on social media was that was that article talking about that. So people have been yeah. very interested in that story. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, basically what happened was is, of course, it's a big rival and it's always close. And I don't remember how much they beat us by at home, Willis. I mean, what was it, a couple points, two, three points? Come I, almost, down the final I almost think that was the game, if I may be wrong, that Chase Cox got a steal at the end to win it and he got a layup. That, like that was the game. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like that was a game at home later on in the year. And yeah. we also lost over there 
uh, you know, at Taylor County earlier in the year. So I think we went four and two in the district that year, and we I think we were still the number one seed, but or maybe we weren't. I'm not sure, but we did lose both games to them going into you know over the course of that yeah. season going into the district tournament. Pretty sure we yeah, were. Yeah, that game at home was for the one seed in the tournament. Oh, okay. There you go then. And then I'll just kind of piggyback off what Lou said. I mean, oh, yeah, y'all, I mean, it, that was that, – those were, you know, those were the biggest games of the year. Uh, you know, you look, you mark those on the calendar, circled them, you know, in the locker room, and uh, you just knew it was going to be a packed house over, you know, at our place and over at Taylor County. It's a little – it's uh, you know, that gym's a little bit smaller over there. It was back in the day. They had a new gym now, of course. But it was, uh, you know, it was tight in there, and the atmosphere was always great. And, you know, that they – you know, Coach Young back in the day, he just knew how to he knew how to play us. And and look, we we were always going to be a low scoring team. We didn't like to run up and down. And they had the perfect combination of guards that could just flat out light it up. I mean, Chase Cox, Evan Cox, Josh Gum. I mean, they all just stood out there and filled it up. And um, and we just always seemed to struggle for whatever reason. We just always you know seemed to struggle to, to break down their their zone. They really extended it and. And it just didn't—it didn't really suit our game, you know. We did—we did. I mean, we didn't shoot it bad from behind the line, but we didn't shoot it great either. I think we shot what 35% from behind the three that year, but you know, we were always just a little cautious for whatever reason when it came to Taylor County. But we just needed that game in a district tournament, you know, to truly get over the hump and, and get past them. And I've told Lou this story many times in the past. I am glad that we didn't face them in the regional final because I think that would have been a tougher game than what we had against John Harden. Because, you know, they made it to the regional semifinal as well, but just couldn't get over, you know, they couldn't get past John Harden. So, uh, you know, I look back at that and I thought that would have been a that would have been a tough that would have been a tough game, uh, no doubt about it. Well, I know it was a lot of fun to watch on our end and it gave us, you know, as spectators watching you all, it gave us a lot of enjoyment and a lot of good memories. Uh, because it's it's so much more fun when both teams are really good at the same time in a rivalry, especially. But guys, I appreciate you so much for, for giving us the conversation up to this point. And we look forward to listening to the rest of this conversation in next week's. Well, Clay, I'm looking forward to seeing what they have to say next week. They were a lot of fun talking about every year leading up to that 2007 state tournament team. I think that one, that year deserves its own episode. Don't you? I do. And, uh, you know, we're like a, uh, TV show, we're kind of just, you know, leading you to the end and want you to come back for more. Yeah, to be continued. We're yeah. <laughs> Tune in next week on Tribe 44 Podcast. Our winners from last week, and Clay, what was the question last week? Who uh, broke the backboard with a free throw? And the answer to that was? Brooke Shelton, which now is Brooke Beard. Brooke Beard, Brooke Shelton. It was Brooke Shelton at the time. We also accepted Brooke Beard. We had several correct responses. We put all those in a uh, – and a hat, so to speak, and selected one at random. And Wes Stevens, you are the winner of our two-topping uh, large pizza from Ponzi's Pizza out in Coburg. So congratulations to Wes and his family. I know um, I know Wes likes him some pizza. I'll text him and let him know that, that he won that. Trivia is brought to you. Our Clay Turner Trivia is brought to you by Ponzi's Pizza out in Coburg. And we will give away a a free two-topping large pizza. Now, how to win, you can text in, you can call one of us, you can 
send it to the text machine and that number is posted in the Facebook description. We accept all correct answers and all the correct answers will be put into a pot and selected at random on next week's episode for your free two-topping large pizza from Ponzi's Pizzeria. Clay, you got our trivia question for this week. Yes, sir. Uh, the question this week is, we talked about you know career who has the most points, but this one is game. Who scored the most points in a game for the boys' program and the girls' program? Do, it, do, we, again. do they need to both be right, or will we accept it? One they need to right? both be right. Need to have the boys' and the girls' name. And they were not in school at the same time. Both have actually played since our two previous guests, uh, Chris Lewis and Joseph Willis. Both have played since then, right? Yes. yes. Clay, I can't wait to get into discussion for next week to, f- to finish out and listen to these two guys take on the uh, 2007 state tournament run. Can you? No, it's going to be awesome. And, uh, you know, Joe and Chris talking about it makes it even more special because when you think about that group, you know, you think about the grittiness of those two. Yeah, those two kind of define that team. So it'll be nice to hear about that next week. So if you're listening, make sure you tune in so that you can uh, – so you can hear those stories, but also you'll have a chance to win some pizza if, <laughs> if you do that as well. Because next week, Clay, I think we've got a different a different prize to give away. So tune in again next week. We'll listen to Chris and Joseph finish up their conversation. Uh, and, you know, we'll give away some stuff. So we'll talk to you later, guys. Let's go. Despite what you do, who you are, just stay true when you grind and go hard. I'm a real go-getter, put Columbia on the map. If you think I'm playing, yeah, you think I'm playing? Cause I'ma go hard and I'ma do it for my street.